From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. James, we last spoke while we were in person, and now I'm glad that we're back for another episode where we can continue that conversation. How are you? Oh, yeah. oh I'm doing great. How are you, Steve? Doing well, doing well. I'm uh, finally caught up from being at Infocom, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And uh, this episode's a bit time shifted, but we're about... Uh, a uh, month past Infocom. And um, so uh, we figured it would be a good opportunity for us to debrief a bit because uh, I think a lot happened there and um, both for our podcast and also in the industry as a whole. And, and of course, and we, we need to, uh, as always, uh, respect the fact that we want to talk about the uh, changes in the industry through the eyes of programmers or how, as they pertain to programmers. So um what, what were some of the things uh, that, that you got out of Infocom? Did you think it was um, a, a important show to attend? And, um, and you know, what, what were some of the, the highlights for you? So first, was it an important show to attend? Yes. Um, and this would be a little side tangent here is I know there's a lot of people who were bashing the show. Uh, mainly because a lot of people ended up getting sick afterwards. But, you know, the show is our industry keystone, I would say. It's it's our big, it's our Super Bowl, as some people would say. It, it's important. Um, people getting sick, and I'll admit, I was one of them. I, I didn't physically get ill or anything, but I did after seeing it, everyone post that they were positive by it was like in respect to my coworkers, I should test. I test and I was positive as well. So I had no symptoms. I felt hundred percent fine. Um, so I was, I guess you can say one of the lucky ones there. Cause I know some people got pretty sick from there, but we can't blame the show for that. Um, so uh, that's all I'm going to go on there. Cause I could probably talk all day about, people bashing that shit uh vixa and infocom but yes it's important um always important to see what our industry is doing um from a tech manager position especially with my new role as a manager um seeing the new tech out there even as a programmer um and before i even dive any more into that part is another big shout out to chris and Staren for allowing the base camp to uh, host as the programmer during that. That was great. Um, so thank you guys. But yeah, it's, I saw lots of products from being a programmer hat to being a tech manager hat. Um, I had a lot of meetings, uh, built a lot of networks. So yes, it was a very uh, valuable show. I would agree, uh, and and I I also share your um, thoughts and and also share your experience in, in that that um, I I also suffered from being sick, but I uh, but I felt as much as it sounds like it is a controversial topic, I, I think that it was important to be there, and and it was something that we we all knew what we were doing going into it, and. Um, and you had to have uh, your your certain amount of risk tolerance, and um, and for me it was I, I don't know what it would take for me to miss Infocom. I've just just attended so many of them, and and um, 
it, it was really energizing. It was, uh, it, it was, I think that was the most important part. And it just makes us all appreciate the community that we have, the industry that we have, the role that each of us plays in this industry. And, and that's also one of the things that makes it pretty special is that you know, each of us, we all are in a, a very small piece, but we all play a big part. Uh, and and that, that's really, I think, what I try to talk to people about who are considering this industry is that you can really make a big difference. Just, just one person, just one small company, just one, one organization, or even just a voice contributing, volunteering, doing, um, uh, playing a part. And, and, um, and you, you could very easily create a following. We, we had a first timer with us and, and she, she just was floored and I knew that was going to happen, but you can't, can't really explain that to somebody until they experience it. Oh yeah. I mean, you can almost say that was my first Infocom because yes, I did go to the one in October in Orlando, which was scaled down much smaller. So you can almost say that was my first one, but yes, it was definitely I waking to see the size of the show. Um, and it was still smaller compared to some of the shows that they put on. So it was definitely, uh, a great show to be at and a great way to network and build those connections. And I think we should timestamp this a little bit. We are talking in right now in, in July of uh, 2022. So we're talking about Infocom 22 and, and the it's uh, previous year was, was 21, which was, was really the, the first time back and, and, and was a much scaled back show. This one was also scaled back in its attendance and, and, and exhibitors. So hopefully next year, we're going to see it full, full blown. Um, but I'm sure that there are going to be some permanent changes. Um, let, let's, let's take um, a minute just to talk about from a programmer's perspective. Um, I, I uh, know that I ran into a number of people. Um, we were fortunate to have our, an opportunity to record while we were there, as you mentioned, in the Stern booth. We were fortunate to also run into a number of listeners, which was really cool. And please continue to reach out listeners. We, we want to hear from you. And, and it's so rewarding to us to, to know that what we're producing is valuable. Um, but, but I think for the sake of this podcast and also the, the community, both that could or couldn't attend of programmers, um, what, what are some things that uh, observations or insights that, that you would share for, for somebody who asked you what, what was important to a programmer for, for at Infocom? So I want to say probably as a programmer, what I was very forward and great to see is all the software. There was a lot of software products out there. Um, pro, um, don't, again, I don't want this being name dropping and, you know, out there but hey audience if you want to sponsor the show uh that dante studio i i talked to everyone about that <laughs> like i thought that was really cool i think that has a lot of potential uh so i was really a big fan of dante studio and like i say audience if you want to sponsor let us know <laughs> here here yeah uh but i again there was not just audience there was a lot of companies out there with software and i think um I actually started to see that trend 
at um, NAB. And it might even started before then, too. Uh, I can't speak to that. But I, even NAB had a lot of software. Um, so as a programmer, it was nice to see companies, manufacturer, posting software. Just a follow-up question to that, because I, I'm curious about what your thought is. Do you think that this was something that was bound to happen, or do you think it was something that happened because of the fact that hardware is not as easy to obtain these days? Yes and yes. If you read my one IT and AV column for Higher Ed Digital Magazine, I actually wrote out what I saw trends. Uh, and one of the near trends I saw was being more software-driven AV or software-defined AV. Uh, I think the pandemic and the supply chain issue sped that up. I already knew, I was already gauging it would be like a five years. We're seeing it in one to two now. It, so it, it was definitely something I think we were heading towards. And I want to say that is because AV, our, our footprint, not our discipline, but our footprint is growing. AV is everywhere. I mean, everyone's walking around with a phone in their hand that has a microphone and a camera and a display. That's AV in a nutshell. So AV is everywhere you look. So more people are getting involved, but may not understand it's truly AV. You have IT companies, and yes, AV is IT, but you have these big dogs like Facebook, you have Cisco, uh, Microsoft, all who are, you know, your tech giants now are attending AV shows. Like NAB had Microsoft, Amazon, Cisco, Infocom had Microsoft. I think Cisco and Amazon were there as well. These are companies I don't think I would ever see at a, a trade show for AV, but now you almost expect them to be there. I, I agree. I think uh, what the idea that AV is everywhere is is so true these days, and and I think that that the pandemic really highlighted that, and it also highlighted the the power of software in that we all turn to these tools that we were able to do at our desk and it allowed business to progress and if not grow and, um, and, and flourish. And it was, it was, I think a turning point, it also had an impact that may have been negative on the industry. So that that's something just to, to be aware of, uh, the, the, the software, um, Impact is is definitely noticeable, and I I think uh, your answer of yes and yes is quite accurate. It's it was it's bound to happen. We were heading in that direction. This accelerated it. This also is uh, addressing some of the the hardware uh, deficiencies. But I think it also could very well be a permanent change that will be the way that of the future. And the thing that I'll add to that too. And we talked about this in uh, just coincidentally, honestly, in both 
uh, our conversation with Will DeWitt at, at Infocom in our last episode. And, and if I could just put in a little plug that we had a similar conversation about this in On a State of Control, the aviation show that I'm involved with uh, and that, that, that James, you're very familiar with, um, where we talked about uh, you know, how is uh, software inf influencing the, the future through APIs. And, and that was, uh, I think, a lot of what was discussed where manufacturers are, are now becoming less closed and less, um, le less about trying to win everything, uh, win the whole project, get 100% of the pie and more about, hey, I want to be um, a partner. I want to be able to speak to other products so that I can get into a project and um, I'm more than happy to have my products that are the best fit for the situation be included. And here's the API you need to use to be able to integrate with them. And, and I think that that's really big and it's, a, it, it's our industry has kind of made a 180 in, in the last probably even year or two in that regard, because every manufacturer was trying to sell a platform and an ecosystem and, and a single brand solution. And I, and I don't know that that was necessarily the best for the industry. I may ruffle some feathers in saying that, but it's, um, but, but I think that we, we are about integration here. And um, there are cases where you, you can get away with a single brand solution, but what happens when one of those components isn't available and, and now you are not able to solve your needs. On the flip side too, not every product within the same brand is the best fit for the situation. And we've had those conversations quite a bit as well. Oh, uh, there was a lot to unpack there, Stephen. You, you're spot on. Um, this was actually very recently I had a phone conversation with a manufacturer who wanted to go into a little, like you talk about, you know, products future and self, especially in the higher ed side of it. And one of the things that we went over was they brought up their API. And they're like, if we develop an API for this product, would you want one that was like a module where you just, you know, say you were one of the Trons, you just brought that module in. And I, my response was as a, as a programmer and a tech manager, no, I don't want a module. Oh, yes, modules are beneficial. I am not taking away from them, but I want an open API. So I am not tied to a manufacturer's module. I can... If today I'm using Python and tomorrow I need to go to C Sharp, I can still communicate with that API. I I I, uh, I see where you're going with that too, and and I you know I, that, that's as I mentioned on the last show, it's kind of near and dear to to uh, my company's heart because that that's one of the things that we offer, and 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 it all comes from the fact that this API needs to be well documented, well supported. Um, and uh, something that there is an investment on the part of the manufacturer, and and it's one piece of the puzzle. Um, and then the other piece is having modules and drivers that allow in the right situations for for ease of programming. And then there's also situations where you, you have to go be you have to be able to go beyond that. So 
So I, you know, you, well, I think what, what you're saying is don't lock me in, give me everything that I could yep. use. Get, I, I, I don't want certain tools in my tool belt. I want a full tool, tool set of tools so that no matter what I need to do, I have flexibility. I a hundred percent there. You need to be able to pivot, we, especially if COVID showed us anything. Pivoting is vital in our uh, field, our vertical here. And we need to be able to adjust. We need to be able to see five, six, 10 years down the road um, and make those detours if we need and not be locked in, especially in my world. I, I, I tell every manufacturer this, and maybe I ruffle feathers, but that's who I am, is I have no brand loyalty. My loyalty is my university and my students. I need to provide the best service for them. It might be the manufacturer company product, and I'm going to use them as long as they provide that value. The second I'm no longer getting that value, I am going to something that will provide that value. And I think part of that too is being able to consider what, what, what is a software solution? Like you mentioned in Audinate and, and this way you're not locked into a box. Um, and, and also having a, an upgradable uh, solution or an upgradable product that doesn't, uh, get outdated because it can no longer be changed because of physical limitations. So, uh, that all of these are software benefits. And, and I think, um, this is probably a good topic for us to continue talking about um, for today. Um, I, I, let's wrap up with talking about um, maybe one or two things that you can uh, share with some of the listeners who may not have been able to attend um, to, might, that might encourage them for looking at either Infocom or a similar event next year. Um, I really would say is the networking. Yes, the seeing the tech on the uh, floor is great. The education classes that Vixa puts on are great. They're all valuable, but nothing beats being able to sit and talk to people face-to-face and doing those networking. I don't know how many meetings I had there where I actually, I'm sort of Steve, you're the same way, which kind of forward me was, I'm having business meetings and people in the meeting are coming over to me and be like, Hey, by the way, I'm a fan of Ask the Programmer. And I, that takes me back because again, I didn't, don't expect it, but that's where you get out. You get to meet people. Steve and I finally got met in person back in Orlando. Um, this is where you build those connections and build your network and get out there. And I know people are getting jobs. And they're getting business leads and uh, all that stuff from these networking events. So get out there. I, I, and I, I want to just um, also share how much I admire that you, that you and, and others from HIPMA in the beginning um, did this on your own. You know, it wasn't even something that was sponsored by your organization, but you felt it was so important to go out and, uh, and, and be there. And, and people got together and said, you know, we're, we're going to take some time off. We're going to um, pull up some, some cash because this is so important to us so that we can go out and, and be a part of this and see what it's all about. 
So I, I would agree there. We're, we're social creatures. Um, again, not to do same wish plugs, but just recently on AV Life, we, uh, I, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about my latest July article about mental health. And I really is that thing is that connection. It's very important to get out there, network with your peers, and actually people who are not your peers and who might take you to a different path, different level, different vertical. I, I so I'll end on this story here is the October Infocom. I was at a after party, walked in with the higher ed uh, HEPMA group, and I started to walk the room. And I had one of the higher ed folks go, hey, James, we're all over here. And I go, I know. And they're like, well, where are you going? I'm like, I'm networking. And I went over and I talked to Tim Albright. I talked to Megan Detta. I talked to Gina Sassana. I, I think you were at that party as well. Like, I walked the room and I made connections. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, it's funny that we say this because we all, uh, you know, I think a lot of um, technical people and especially programmers, they're not thought of as people um, oriented and, you know, whether we're um, an introvert, which is fine because I am. And, and, you know, some people don't always believe that because I, I conjure up my uh, ability to be outgoing, you know, for short bursts, but I need, you know, that recharge afterward. But, but, you know, you're right. And, and we all have to get out of our shell and get out of our comfort zone and do things because we're all like each other and, and being able to have those connections. And I'll, I'll also echo, um, it was so nice to be able to see and connect with listeners. Um, please continue reaching out to us and, and we're going to, uh, go, we want to collect, um, your, uh, feedback and find out a little bit more about who you are. Uh, please stay tuned. We're going to be putting together uh, a survey and some way of being able to uh, get uh, listeners together so that we can we, we, we can really build this community further, but we could also know what is important to you and, uh, and, and also have, have you on the show. So some of the people that we spoke to were, uh, were interested in being guests. Others were just say, wanted to say, Hey, and others said, you know, this would be a cool topic to cover. So, so please continue doing that. And if we didn't have a show like this, we probably wouldn't get that opportunity to, uh, to, to have that feedback because it's just another barrier that stands in the way of communication. But when you see somebody face to face, it's, um, it, it becomes um, that that much more real that that you've made a connection. So um, with that, let, let's um, wrap this one up and, and we'll be continuing the conversation a bunch more. Um, James, how, how can people get in touch with you? What can they uh, find out about what you're up to and uh, keep the conversation going? Uh, if they haven't listened to the shameless plugs I've done, uh, I do write for the Higher Ed Digital Magazine, the IT and AV column, which comes out monthly. Um, I'm a member of HEPMA, a board member of HEPMA as well. I am a crew member on AV Live. I, Steve and I hang out on Sunday mornings with AV and AM on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at AV underscore James King. I'm on LinkedIn, not that much, but I'm trying to be a little more active there. And uh yeah, be sure to reach out. Be sure to check out um, what what uh, what James is up to, and and I'm sure that he 
like me would like to hear from you. Um, for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media. Um, I write for uh, AV Network, uh, a couple of their publications, as well as I've done a little uh, writing for Commercial Integrator and uh, my company blog at controlconcepts.net. And um, uh, but please, uh, please continue to give us feedback. Uh, please uh, provide some ideas, uh, questions. That's what this is all about. And uh, we, we look forward to building the community. And if you haven't gotten uh, one of our stickers, we've rebranded. If you, if you don't see, if you're not watching the video, uh, DM us and we'll get one out to you as soon as possible. And with that, this has been Ask the Programmer.